Forums podcast. I'm Craig, and I'm once again joined by Greg and Chris. Hello, guys. Hi, Craig. How are we doing, guys? All right, good, good to have you back again. Is this four weeks in a row? Could be, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I don't, I'm not sure I've done. Have I done four? I think we're up to four, Greg. I think we must be a new record. Right. <laughs> must be a sick note. Must be a sick coming on next week at this rate. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Laurie's going to be able to squeeze back into the team. <laughs> no, no, he's he's a bit of pressure. He's going to have to prove his his worth in the training, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so in this week's podcast, we've got the SPL review. We'll look back at the League Cup final. We'll have a look at Paul Band's charity bet, and we'll see if we see how we got on there. Upcoming games next week. There's a Scottish Cup replay. There's obviously the SPL, and there's a a wee anniversary coming up. In a couple of days' time that I'd like to bring up, but I'll save that till later. So start off with the SPL, and the first game up was Dundee United against Rangers, and that was on Saturday lunchtime on Sky. I went into this, I wasn't really sure what to expect. I thought that, that Rangers were, the the recent troubles are going to get to them, and Dundee United normally do put up a, a good fight. So I wasn't really too sure. I think I, I went a wee bit biased and went for a 1-0 to Rangers because I just thought that the, the impending old firm game and the potential for Celtic to to clinch the league there, I thought it would have spurred Rangers on. But it was Dundee United, really, who were the, the better team. And the first half, I thought, was, was fairly poor, apart from Keith Watson's goal, which was a bullet. I'm pretty sure McGregor managed to get a hand on it, but... Aye, he's definitely got a sore hand after that, and from a defender as well, it was brilliant. Aye, I think like McGregor got a touch on it on the way in, but there was no way he was keeping it out. It's one of these that's just fallen um, in the volley to the boy, and he's, he's he's flushed it and then put it in the top corner. But it's interesting getting back to what you're saying about the score. I think I think a lot of Rangers supporters over the last couple of weeks have been kind of saying, surely that's us now over the hump. Surely that's it now back to being kind of. Normality again, surely we're going to start to win games again. And as it's going at the moment, that's not really proven to be the case. Yeah. It's always a hard game at Tannadice for, for Rangers. It seems to be that uh, often a high-scoring game, but it's always tough anyway, regardless of the, the team that they put out. But I thought it was, it was slightly disrespectful. I think it was Ian Crocker kept bringing up Rangers, how it was a, a shadow team. And yeah, we could all see it was a shadow team. There's a couple of debutants there, but I just thought he brought it up a bit too often. I think we need to give Dundee United credit for for getting the victory here because there was still some really good players in the park for Rangers. I think it was a strange one leaving uh, leaving a Luko on the bench. I mean, I've not, I don't watch them week in week out, but having sort of seen the highlights and seen. Um, sort of some of the goals have been scoring over, over the last few well he looks as one of these guys that can maybe um, you can maybe turn the game and maybe dig you something out and as, as, as it showed later on in the game when they come on and scored I, I, was, I was amazed that they're leaving they're leaving him on the bench to be honest and I think I think Callum McCoy's going to have to be a wee bit careful here because as much as alright there is a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes and, and nobody's going to doubt for a minute that it's, it's going to have an effect but I mean, he's, he's he's more or less playing the same squad that 
was playing sort of with the exception of Ezjelovic at the start of the season, and, and they're just not picking up the points. It's, it's, it's a strange team selection on Saturday, and again, they've, they've come, away with, come away with zero points, so I'm not so sure how long it's going to keep rumbling on with him um, being in charge of a team that are, that are dropping points left, right and centre, to be honest. I think he was he was stretched with Goyen and Bocanegra both out for Rangers, and obviously that, that meant that they had to get uh, McCulloch went to the back where it played alongside Perry. I'm not sure what happened with Aluko because he is the type of guy to turn turn a game. He's often one of the Rangers' best players and a lot of the play goes through him just because he's he's a, a bag of tricks really. He can take on a full back and well he showed that for the goal. I don't know how many players he, he managed to either beat or, or bumble past oh, but he, it was still a good goal. It was a great... It was a great... <laughs> It's one of these. It looked it looked like a great bit of skill, and if it was a, if it was a Messi that had done that, we'd all have been raving about. It. I, I think the final shots. I think it's clipped somebody. I'm not sure he's shooting, but the um, wee bits of skill that lead up to that, we're beating a couple of men in the byline, and uh, and I think I suspect he's probably trying to cross, and it's got a deflection. But you got to take your hat off to him. He's, he's again, he's, he's he scored them a goal from from absolutely nowhere on Saturday. Well, it was a cracking bit of skill. You can't take like you say. You can't take it away from. I mean, whether he's meant the shot or not, he's beat. Several men and quite a close proximity, so that's it. The, the individual skill there, you've got to praise it. And he's put it in an area that's dangerous, whether it was a cross, whether it was a shot, it's, it's exactly what you want somebody to do in that situation. Did you see him jumping over the advertising boards and then <laughs> in the same in the same motion run back onto the pitch? Say, like, oh, I'm going to get booked here. He's <laughs> <laughs> obviously thought about it. Yeah. I'm, I don't even know what the rule is with that anymore. I've seen it. It's leaving the field of play, and then you see teams leaving the field of play all the time and not getting booked. And then I've heard jumping over an advertising board, that'll get you booked. And then you see it, and you see Oco jumping over an advertising board this time, and nothing was given again. I've seen folk running into the crowd, and they're the ones that definitely get booked because they're the ones that like, like cause what a wee rush in the in the stand. But basically celebrating any goal these days seems to get seems to get you booked. Uh, just, uh, just turn away and walk back to the the, the semicircle with a couple of handshakes. I remember uh, big um, player Big Djukovic done at uh, Rugby Park doing that and taking a full run right right off the park, right along the track and dived right in the crowd. <laughs> Which I suppose if you're gonna get booked gonna get it, you, you may as well go for it. So uh, really card for that one. But I uh, supporters love all that. That's what you want to see. Somebody leaving the field of playing <laughs> and running into the crowd. That's what it's all about. But I want to see crowd surfing. If you're gonna get booked, let's crowd surf. <laughs> <laughs> Just go missing for five minutes. <laughs> the crowd's no giving you back. <laughs> no returning the ball. Uh, I, I, think it's, I think as well, I mean, it's worth saying, Dundee United, I, would, I mean, hats off to them. That's a, even regardless of the, the, the state the Rangers are in at the moment, that's still a pretty hefty scalp at home. And I think um, I think Big John Daly as well deserves a lot of credit for getting the, for getting the second goal. I mentioned it in last week's podcast, I think he's... Uh, He's been a really, really important player for Dundee United in a season where they've been a wee bit up and down as well, to be honest. I mean, they're starting to find a bit of form now, but up to that point, they've kind of started a wee bit. And I think that's him now second top scorer in the SPL. Yeah, I, I think, think he's sitting on right 15, I think. Yep, you're bubbling about 15, which for a team who are sort of, um, have sort of hovered around the mid-table slot, I think that's, that's pretty good going. Yeah, I think the, the the cross into Daly for the the second goal was a cracker as well. Oh, it's, it's, ball. it's I mean he's managed to put it in between the two Rangers defenders that are there, and Daly's just like basically whacked it into the net for about three yards. Yeah, I thought Mackay Stephen was once again a, a standout for United, and I was surprised when he got taken off at the end. 
I can only assume Houston's maybe thought that his, his legs are going a bit, maybe bring on someone more defensive, but he's the perfect outball. Just give yeah. it to him, and he was working wonders down that wing. Ah, it reminds me a wee bit of what Chris Humphrey does for Motherwell as well, and you're spot on, because when your back's against the wall, if you can get the ball released to a player like that and let them just charge down the wing with it, it takes the pressure right off your defence. Uh, it gives you that sort of two, three minutes breathing space. So I maybe I don't know whether it's maybe I can't see it being question marks over his fitness because he's a young guy, so you, you would think he would be able to last ninety minutes. But maybe just at that stage of the game, they want to they want to throw a, a defender on and just hang on, hang on for the uh, the remainder of the ninety minutes. Yeah. So I don't know if it was in the the uh, the highlights on sports scene, but did you see the the wall of flood falling over and the gust of Breeze or whatever it was that knocked him over. No, I didn't. No, it's, no. it's just embarrassing. <laughs> no, I, I didn't watch the highlights because I watched the game itself, so no, I didn't see that. And the predictor, well, I'd went for a 1-0 victory to Rangers, as I said, I was, well, just wrong. Greg, you went for a 2-2 draw. And Chris, you went for a 2-1 victory to United. Oh, yes. Not a bad, bad result. All right. Three points in the predictor there. So the next game up is is one probably like Greg introduces in Motherwell against Aberdeen game, which finished one 0 to Motherwell. It did. I, I it's the first it's the first home game I've missed this season. Um, I was I was I was through in Edinburgh with the kids, so um, I didn't actually see the game. So I was sort of relying on uh, sort of Twitter updates and text updates and um, the sort of BBC website as well. But I mean, I've I've, I've watched the highlights and I've read a wee bit about it and. By all accounts, I think we were probably we were probably worth uh, worth the three points. I think I said last week in the game that we were missing a couple of key players, certainly at the back, with, with Hutchison and, and Clancy both being out. So, we to bring uh, Johnny Page in, who's played a couple of times for the first team and not exactly been convincing when I've seen him. And also, um, one of the young guys from the under-19s come in and played at the back. And by all accounts, the two of them were... Were absolutely fantastic. Along with uh, young Carswell coming in for Lasley in the midfield, a guy who's who's um, any time McCall's talking about the, the sort of players who are on the fringe, he's he's raving about them. And again, he he sounds as though he's come in and, and done a good job for uh, for Motherwell on Saturday. But I mean, I really didn't fancy. It. I thought I thought Aberdeen would would come down and, and stick a couple past us, but. Another massive three points on the on the um, on the way to maybe second place. And Stevie Hamill, who doesn't score that often, I think it's only his fourth and four hundred odd appearances, is um, scored an absolute scorcher. Oh, it was a beauty. Twenty five, maybe maybe even thirty yards. Right? I'm sure he'll go for a thirty yard. Aye, I mean it's the, the balls come across, and to be honest, his first touch doesn't look great. Um, but as a result, I think he's just run onto it and smacked it, and had a really good angle from. Um, from sort of behind the goals, and you see it starting off sort of in the middle of the goal, and then it just veer, it just veers to the left. The keeper's nowhere near it, so cracking strike for him. And with, with chances as well, uh, Stevie Stevie Jennings had a really good chance with a header, uh, first half two, and then second half Chris Humphrey went close. And, um, Randolph had one save to make of note in the second half, but other than that, I don't think Aberdeen really troubled us too much. No, no it sounds like uh, Motherwell's pretty much. Been on top of it, the maybe one nil's flattered Aberdeen if anything. But it's three points. It's Aberdeen's first defeat in twenty twelve. Uh, the it's it's pretty much deciding the split now. To be honest, I mean Aberdeen are six Aye. behind Hearts with three to play. Yep, it's going to look Aye. difficult to catch I up. I think 
I think Brown came out and said that after the game, more or less. I said it's now looking, it's now looking unlikely. Um, unlikely they're going to catch Hearts for that, for that place in the top six. But given where Aberdeen were at the at the, at the start of the season, that's maybe not too bad. A, too bad an outcome for them to be honest, because at one stage they were looking as though they were going to be battling out with Hibs and Dunfermline. So I mean yeah. they're in a semi-final as well. I, I don't think the, I don't think the Don's fans would be too too despondent about the way the the season's shaping up. I saw that that victory was, was pretty important with Rangers dropping points earlier in the day. Uh, bring some leveling points with Rangers Aye. second place, fifty four points apiece. It's a massive one. We we go to we go to um, Rugby Park next week, and I think I think I think we'll beat Kilmarnock next week, um, and then it's it's Rangers at Fir Park on the thirty first, I think. And depending yeah. how the old firm go, the old firm game goes, and if you kind of suspect it goes to goes to plan, then we could be looking at, at, at opening up a six point gap against Rangers, which would just be yeah, would be unbelievable stuff to bonus. But I'm not going to get too carried away yet. Cause there's still a lot of a lot of people are talking about second place and catching Rangers, but there's still a lot of games to go um, before we finish the season. And crucially, the last five games are all are all in the top six, so it's it's not out with the realms of possibility that we might not pick up too many points from yeah. that. But Good. like I've said, I've said in weeks gone past, we've put ourselves in a great position, but we now just need to follow through and and you know capitalise on them when it matters. So it's, it's just a matter of taking each game as it comes. So, I mean, like you said, Kilmarnock's next. That's you've got to be looking at three points there. I know Kilmarnock are obviously on a high after the weekend, but I'll come to that later on. I think. <laughs> so in the, the predictor, uh, well, the scoreline was one 0 Motherwell, and the predictor went one 0 Aberdeen. Craig, you went two 0 Aberdeen. You have little faith, eh? Chris, you went two one to Motherwell. Point them. Yep. So the next game up is uh, St Johnson against St Mirren game. Or, well, technically maybe I said St Mirren against St Johnson. They finished 3-0 to St Johnson. It looked like a, a stroll to me. I, I think from what I've seen in the highlights, and Daz himself should have scored a hat-trick. He seemed to be causing them no end of problems in the box. He just seemed to be just a, just a simple wee turn and the defender was left. I thought that Lee Croft's goal was fairly good and if I hadn't seen Stevie Hamill's goal then I would have thought that was probably goal of the weekend but still a good one nonetheless and Sindaza his his goal that he did finally score he seemed to beat the offside trap and, and seemed to just stroll <laughs> towards the goal it was he wasn't even running he was just walking there's a, there's a, there's a brilliant if you watch the highlights there's brilliant footage um, I think it's Jim Goodwin just standing his arm up like he's waiting for a taxi <laughs> as the ball sails right over his head. He's just sitting at the referee. And um, to be honest, I, 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 I thought the keeper should have saved that one. You know, there's only really one place and Daza can put that. And I don't know. I'm not a keeper, but I think he should maybe go it. And um, the, the Croft's goal as well, fat Croft's goal as well. I, I think the keeper should be getting a hand in that too because it's, 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 it's a daisy cutter. Ah, it did bounce just in front of him. That's always difficult to judge. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, look like hounded for um for uh, St Johnson. Yeah, I think it was one of those games. I mean, I was hearing Samson actually played pretty well, and then I seen the goals. The first one, like you say, maybe bounced in front of him. The third one, that wasn't exactly great either. And then he's in a done absolute howler for the second goal because he's yeah. come to try and collect a corner and dropped it right in the, um, the whoever it was that scored for St Johnson. McCracken. Um, Phil, I think. I can't remember. 
And uh, other than that, though, he's he's pretty much kept him in the game. He's kept the score then. Ah, he did. He played well. He did a string of good saves before he made that hour. Yeah. It's just, I mean, that was like the 75th minute or something, the second goal came. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when, when it's 1 0, when he's keeping them in the game, and you think maybe St. Mirren might, if they can steal a goal, they maybe get some. But they never really created much. There was maybe a, a Graham Carey effort in the second half that went close. But other than that, i never seen anything in the highlights of St. Mirren. Uh, I mean, Hasselbank, I, I think. I think he'd been be featured once in the highlights, which is which is which is pretty unusual for a guy like that. And I think it maybe I think it maybe tells you what you know what you need to know about Saturday's game. But because uh, I say I've, I've I've seen some in a couple of times, and I've, I've been impressed with them. So I think they'll be a bit disappointed they never put up a more of a spirited um, fight against against St Johnson. But I said it's a big one for St Johnson this game again. We we done the United winning, Motherwell winning. Does it keeps them in check? So I'm pretty sure they've got games in hand, St Johnston. I think they've got. Yeah, they're on 29 played, so they've got a game Aye. in hand above Aye. everyone above hand. them. Uh, yeah, so well, they could potentially be pushing for third place. It's it's maybe a bit beyond them right now, but who knows? Especially with the the way the split works. You mentioned earlier how how you're playing all the teams in the top six. Yeah, it's one of the one of the positives of the the split. Could be pushing for third, are you suggesting Rangers might end up fourth? Well, who knows? Who knows why Rangers unable to field a, an entire bench at the weekend there? All you need is a couple of players out and they're, they're really struggling. Actually, didn't McCoy say that the, the, the reason that he'd named only five people on the bench is because you have to earn your place in the, the team? I didn't hear I that. Don't know before, if it, no. I don't know if he's maybe defending the the, the position yeah. he's in because obviously there's a lot of injuries and suspensions, but it's a fair point. You can't just pick seven men because you're expected to put seven men in the bench. I, I never heard that. That's quite interesting. Yeah, because I mean, he must have been able to call. It would have been able to call up um, players for the under 19s. Yeah. Stick them in the bench. It can't be a case of there isn't. There simply isn't seven players to go on that bench. Yeah, it must have been a conscious decision just to say. You know, you're, you're not getting the game. But I mean, I've seen, I talked to one of the guys in the work and so I said with some of the players that they played on Saturday and some of the young guys like that will get in the game um, again. I said, surely this is the opportunity to get these guys in and get them playing because Rangers are kind of, they're kind of playing for nothing at the moment because the Europe thing looks as though it's more or less gone. So I, okay, they might be playing for second place, but I mean, they're not going to win that league. So here's the opportunity to get, young guys in and, and give them a bit of proper game time but I don't know I mean he's, he's maybe tried to do that on Saturday and it's, it's backfired on him a bit so be interesting to see if he does it again Yeah, so well, going back to the, the predictions for the St Mirren St Johnson game, I'd went for a 1-0 victory to St Johnson Greg you went 2-1 St Johnson and Chris went for a Paul Band a 0-0 so that was it for Saturday's games and on Sunday it was the, the Edinburgh Derby put on at the, the most ridiculous time of 12 o'clock on ESPN just so that nobody can have a wee drink to enjoy themselves before the game. Although I'm, I'm sure that didn't stop people like Laurie from oh, having yeah. a few. There's a carry out the night before, isn't it? There's one, there one or two individuals on Twitter who were drinking, well, going by the timeline, it must have been around half six in the morning, seven <laughs> o'clock in the morning, so I, I don't think that kick off would be uh, off, to be honest. <laughs> I, uh, was... Do you set your alarm to get up at that time? <laughs> <laughs> well, one one guy had said that's me. I'm 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 going up. I've had a shower, and now I'm going to Big So and So's house for a a Bacardi and something or other. So I mean that was that's it. That was like half eight in the morning. So there you go, make a day of it. Yeah, 
Ah, well, the game itself finished two 0 to Hearts, and from what I've seen, they, they deserved it. it. Was wasn't wasn't really surprising. I think that the Laurie would want us to mention Ian Black, and in particular his pass for Craig Beatty's goal. Uh, was that what he meant when he said black ball? I thought he meant Beatty was getting the Masons. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, a, a beautiful pass, inch perfect, and I think it was just Craig, the way Craig Beatty took it was first touch as well. Yeah, I think it was first definitely. touch, and then definitely. second touch was a shot. Beautiful. Aye, if, if, if anything, more credit to Beatty for controlling that sort of ball coming through at that pace. And he's got that perfect touch where he's put it two yards in front of him, and then all he's got to do is just nick it between the keeper's legs. But I hats off to Black. It was, it was, it was, he definitely meant it. I know I've been a wee bit um, joking in the past about him, but that was, I mean, that, that's, that, that's, a, that's a cracker of a ball. Because you can see him looking up, spotting the run. And, and he's just pulled off his man by sort of six yards or so and he's hit it more or less right on his toe so credit yeah. where it's due it's been timed well as well because another second there's already been offside so the timing the, 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 the accuracy of the pass maybe maybe he slightly over hit it and that's why Beatty had to control it better but... <laughs> Aye, maybe, maybe just put a wee bit too much on it Chris didn't he maybe just over hit it a bit <laughs> Beatty's made it look good that sort of thing but I'll tell you something for him um, BT looks as though he could well be um, a really, really good acquisition um, for so, for Hearts because not only he's obviously sticking goals away at one end, but then he was he was making last gasp stops at the other end when Hibs enjoyed a wee bit of pressure in the second half. So uh, I you just you just hope they can continue paying the boy in order that he stays there a wee bit longer. <laughs> the one that got me was the one it was two, it was must have been two yards off his own line and he managed to put it over the bar. How do you do that? Aye, mm. that's so easy to miss hat and knock into your own Aye, that's, that's a Stephen Craigan special. That's oh, usually in the rigging. Yeah, I beat. He's, he's he's good in the air. He's good in in the deck. He's and he's a solid guy as well for for out muscling people. Aye, he's a really good signing for them. He's, I think he was free, he's wasn't he? I think so. It's definitely Aye. what Hearts been missing this year. Just just like a a, a big forward up front that'll that'll take chances when the ball comes to him. I think that's maybe what they've what they've been lacking yeah. um, earlier in the season. Yeah, Laurie will say they've been missing a striker. <laughs> Full stop. Aye, well, I mean, I, I, John Sutton was nearly getting a look in. He, he did a similar sort of job. But I think Beatty's, with the start he's had at Hearts, has um, obviously worked his way into the affections of the Hearts fans. Because, of course, they're raving about him this week as opposed to Sergio the other week or Ian Black the week before that or Rudy Scatcher the week before that. Or, you know, I mean, gives him another straw to clutch at in what has been a dire season for the Hearts. That's well, this, this was a... Uh, uh, third third victory over Hibs and then by Derby that's a 100% record because uh, there's not going to be another one this season well there might be it might be the Scottish Cup final jump the gun somebody's saying it's 10 in a row against Hibs that's 10 10 unbeaten now that's some record aye saying that though Hibs are murder so let's put it in context you know they've not beaten Motherwell 10 times in a row so did they say? So in the the predictor, I'd predicted a three-one victory for Hearts. Greg, you went one-one, and Chris went two-one. So that's us for the the SPL, and moving on to the the League Cup final, the the first part of Celtic's treble, apparently anyway. <laughs> I take, take it away, Chris. Hi, <laughs> Chris. Chris, talk us through. Talk us through the game. <laughs> Just miserable. <laughs> <laughs> nah, to be honest, the, the better team won the day one, I think. I know I seem to be 
it's a, in the minority with this one because I've heard lots of people saying, oh, Cammy Bell was outstanding. He was the difference between the teams. And I was thinking, well, Fraser Forster probably made as many saves as Cammy Bell did. Mm. It was one of the games. It was one of the games I just knew it wasn't going to be a day for about the fourth minute when Shizoko gifted the ball to Gary Hooper and he's a one on one with the keeper and he hits this kind of pretty tame effort that doesn't really find any corner and Cammy Bell pretty much easily saved it. And after that, you still think maybe we'll do it, but it's just that wee doubt in the back of your head and I wonder if the team thought exactly the same thing. Aye, that was that was a crucial one, wasn't it? Because if he sticks that away. Given given the timing of as of, of of when it happened in the game, you fancy Celtic gone at a canter then and, and stroll it. But the fact that I mean I, I agree with you saying Cammy Bell did have a good game, but somebody like Hooper, I mean he's he's, he's got options there either hits it or he can round the keeper and slot it away and it just missing that one. Sorry, I'm not, but for me also in the second half of the game, it Stokes had a sort of similar one where he's cut inside and he's put it right down the keeper's neck as well. So it's, yeah. it's yeah. chances like that which Celtic are normally. Slotting away. But I think, uh, to be fair, the best save was probably he had a good save in the first half for Stokes for a header that he had to get down mm-hmm. well. And he had that cracking save for Scott Brown that was looks like it was fizzing at the top corner, but maybe. But yeah, I liked the header one myself save. because it showed it was such a strong hand to it. Yeah. Uh, he got down quickly, but you could see it, it just almost clipped the bottom of his hand, and I think it still did go under his hand, but it was just so strong that he, he managed to keep it out. Stokes Stokes can't do anything else for that. He, he's caught as, as well as he can. It was a great ball in from was it Brown that, that put the ball in for the uh, uh, Brown with his skill. Absolutely aye. brilliant. Played down down the wing and a, a cracking ball in. So I credit for his due. I done the the defender. Can't can't remember who it is on that side, but I he, he done him. He done him well for for a guy who I, I've often criticised him for being uh, not your traditional winger. But I that surprised me. He's he done well there. So it was one. It was, I mean, it was one of the better moves, and what? Although we looked as if we were maybe creating chances going forward, we weren't really taking them. And and then at the other end, we were sort of standing off our men, and that's pretty much where the goal came from. It was, I think it was uh, Lee Johnson who got this massive amount of space down there, left hand side, and then put this ball into Van Turn out and. God only knows what Kelvin Wilson was thinking. And he gave in now, almost as if. I just stood there. What stood in it? Yeah, I. It was. He seen the cross coming in. He seen it. Uh, I'm, I'm not bothering going for that. Uh, he should have been just flinging himself at it, and, and maybe he was considering that maybe if I jump at it, I'll potentially be an own goal. But you've just got to go for it. You, you can't go back. Can he leave it on? Yeah, uh, I. It was, it was poor, really poor from him. Yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't that impressed with Wilson all day. I thought he was getting caught out quite a lot. I thought Heffernan was causing a bit of trouble in the defence. I thought Mulgrew was struggling at left back at times with his man. The only defender that seemed to be having anywhere near a good game was uh, Thomas Rogner, and then he seemed to pick up a knock and had to go off. And then we dropped Banyama into defence. Maybe if Rogner had been there, he'd have stopped the, the goal, but it was always one of the days. It was just nothing was going right. Yeah, and what about uh, was it Dean Shields who somehow managed to power oh. himself through the defence and then try and lob the keeper? Oh, well, I think it was the side of his. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what happened there. That's. You'd, it's horrible. you'd expect him to, to put that one away because he's a decent player, decent finisher. So I think we, we need to move on and, and mention the, the incident at the end that, that Lennon mentioned. Uh, he said it was, he said that you won't see a clearer penalty. So that's it. That's it. It's a, it's a stonewaller <laughs> penalty. From what I've seen, when I've seen it live, I think that 
probably everybody seen it and thought, nah, that's it, penalty kick. Then the referee obviously brings out the yellow card and you start thinking, mm, what's happening? Uh, so looking at the replays, I've seen it now, I would say at least 10 times. I've seen it far too often. I've seen it from every angle that they're showing you on the, the live broadcast, every angle on the, the replay. I don't think there was, there was contact. I think the, the telling sign is how Stokes puts his left foot into the ground. And I think it's just unnatural. I think that there was no need for him to do that. I think it was just, for me, it's a dive, a simulation. Uh, but I think that, that Chris, I think you're one of them that's going to argue the other way. And I think there's there's many, many different views on this. Uh, there's Some are saying on the forum that it wasn't a penalty, but it, it wasn't a, a dive. Some are saying it was, I, I don't know. Greg, what did you think on it? It's a difficult one because, I mean, I've I've seen it in the, I've seen it in the TV, I've seen it in the replay, and and for me the TV replays are still inconclusive. Now, if they're inconclusive, then the referee has had to make a call on that. And whether I'm right or whether it's wrong, it's, I don't agree with Neil Lennon saying it's a stone wall because it's just no as clear cut as that. As clear cut as that, you would see it in the TV replay, and um and and yeah, you, 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 you everybody would say it's a penalty. The thing that I don't get with it, the only thing. The only doubt in the back of my mind is I don't understand why Stokes would get down. I don't understand why he would go to mm-hmm. the ground because he's still got the ball under control. And OK, it's, it's a tight angle, but I mean, if he cuts that across the face of the goal or he, or he gets on target, it might just go in. So for me, there's an element of doubt in my mind that I don't see somebody in that position going down when they've got a chance to get a shot away and goal. But I mean, only I mean, only Stokes will know whether there was any contact. And to be honest, if there was contact, it's probably marginal, but then that's sometimes enough, just a clip at the back of your heel is sometimes enough to put your, your, your leg in. Did you see his, his left foot digging he, he, with a pointed toe and digging into the, the ground? That's I, That was a telltale I, for me. I'll be honest, I didn't watch it in any detail. I just I watched the, the sort of replays on the uh, on the uh, the sort of live feed. I've not, I've not seen it since then again, but it, it seemed a wee bit inconclusive. I know the guys in the studio, I think, um, John Hartson was sort of saying he thought it looked like a, a pretty clear penalty, but I think it was um, Craig Levine that was saying he didn't think it was one. So, I mean, there's obviously enough debate in it to to be pretty confident that it's not a clear-cut decision. And do you know what? In these circumstances, the referee's got to make a call on it, and, and he's made that call. And to be honest, I'm, su- I'm surprised he never gave it, given the um, given the stage that we're at in the game and the fact that Celtic against Kilmarnock, I think it would have been easier for the referee just to point to the spot and give that penalty. So he's he's got to take a wee bit of credit as well for having the balls to just to say, nah, I think that's a dive. Chris, what are you thinking? See, I'm I'm kinda of looking at it a slightly different way. First of all, I'd think Stokes should have pulled the trigger two strides earlier anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think agree, yeah. he's waited too long. I, th- I don't think anybody can argue it was it was anything other than a clumsy challenge to start with. I mean he's come in from behind. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. wrong side. It's a silly, silly decision that could easily have caught him out. Yeah. The debate is obviously over whether there was any contact. I think there's slight contact and it's probably enough that's been knocked Stokes off balance. So strictly speaking, it is a penalty. My problem with it is I don't think uh, Wally Collum can see it for where he is. I think his vision's obscured by another defender. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing that annoys me more than the fact he didn't give the penalty. He's booked Stokes for diving. I don't think he can be sure either way. If he can't see the penalty, he can't give it. I totally agree with that. 
But if you can't see the penalty, you can't see whether to give it or give a dive, you should just give nothing. It should be a goal kick. Mm-hmm. I think it's a goal kick. So keep her gathered that eventually. No, I think that's a fair point because they, they showed uh, certainly the TV replays. They did two camera angles. They had they had one from behind the goals, which, like I say, is inconclusive, and they'd one from must have been the opposite end of the park, which would have been more in line with the referee's view of what happened. And to be honest, if anything, the view from behind the referee it looked it looked more like a penalty that it did from the camera angle behind the goals. So I, I agree with you if he's. If he's not confident enough that it's that it's um, that it's a penalty, I'm not sure that he can see that it's a dive as well because he's obstructed by the um, his view's obstructed by the defender. I I thought like, that uh, he, he was going a wee bit wide. Stokes, you mentioned earlier how he should have had it earlier, but was it the week before that he he scored from such a, a tight yeah. angle? Aye, he's got it in his in his locker. So that's what gets me. I I, 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 I can't see the guy going down if he's still got those two or three yards to. Um, to cut that ball back, because even though it's a tight angle, if he slides it back or slides it under a keeper, it's it's one each. So yep. it's a wee bit of a gamble to get down in, in that situation, you know. No, I mean I, I'm not a fan of Ollie Combs. I don't think he's one of Scotland's better referees, but I think from that perspective, if you're Anthony Stokes, you really need to be staying your feet where possible, and not making the referee make the decision. And I think he even tweeted it later on after the game. If you think I've dived, then you obviously don't know me. So. He seems to uh, clearly think it wasn't a dive, but then he would say that. So. I, yeah, I was going to say that. I, I don't think that really tells me anything that he's saying. No. It was, uh, although you mentioned earlier that he does seem to be quite honest over Twitter, but I think in this situation <laughs> he's he's going to. That's all he's got to really say. It's dead easy to be honest when your two your team's two nil up and you miss a chance and you score another one later on. Take a one later on yeah. and tweet Sebo. Yeah. That's quite funny. Yeah. It didn't really affect the game, but to be honest, the way the game was going, if he'd given the penalty, you wouldn't have been surprised at all if Cammy Bell had saved it anyway. In fact, whoever took it would probably had it straight out. It was that kind of game. Yeah, it was. So, I mean, I've got to congratulate Kamarnock. They fully deserved their win. Um, it's just such a shame that uh, it's been slightly tarnished with the, the, the sad news of Liam Kelly's father. Yeah, I, it's terribly sad to, to hear that. That Well, on the, the probably the, the proudest day the proudest day for his uh, son's football career and and that happens and yeah uh, it's, it's terrible terrible to hear that and well it just makes you you realize that that along with the uh, uh, muamba on was it saturday it just uh, it's just there's it just shows that there's there's more to life than football really uh, ah, it's, yeah. it's not been a very good weekend all around football wise. It's not been a very good week to be honest, because uh, Eric Abadal was uh, the he's having gone for his liver transplant as the Barcelona right. player. Yes, yeah, I've got I've got to admit I was watching the, the Saturday game and uh, I it's quite emotional watching that. It was I really have got that image stuck in my head of him when he was lying on the ground and. Uh, it's just for somebody I don't play football at a, a major level. I, I play it just with my pals, and there's it, it never runs through your your head that something as serious as that is going to happen. You just it's just you're going out for fun. Mamba's doing it as a obviously as a job, but he's still doing it because that's his passion. That's what he wants to do, and yeah, it's just it's it's grounding. Yeah, for, well, for me, it just it just brought back. All of the memories of the, the Phil O'Donnell thing yeah. for years back as well, because it's a, a similar sort of circumstances. Phil just, his heart just went and he just dropped. 
during the game, and as it's, there's a lot of comparisons between um, what happened to the, to the young guy on Saturday. But the plus point is, I think um, maybe if anything was learned for that, that the you know sort of reaction of the sort of paramedics and the medical staff was such that they've managed to sort of get to him in time and. Obviously, still the jury's still out in terms of just how he's going to recover from it, but certainly the fact that they managed to get him to hospital and get his heart going again, I guess you've got to look at that as, as some some sort of positive. But I mean, as it just the, 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 you know that instant and obviously the commander guy's dad as well just puts the whole thing into perspective. You know, just a just a game of football at the end of the day. Yeah, I think the good news about uh, Mwamba is possibly that it's Monday night now, and they're saying that uh, he's been awake and he's been uh, recognising visitors and speaking to people in English and French. So it sounds like he's on the road to recovery. I mean, it's a long way to go, but fingers crossed that's some better news about him. And hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully, he does make a full recovery. Whether he plays football again is probably relevant at the moment. Ah, he's probably oh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think so, somebody was saying that he was his, his heart stopped for it was around about fifty minutes. Yep. Uh, oh yeah, I've heard some and, of these, and he, he wasn't breathing, and yeah. yeah. So to have to have anything to to hear was it yesterday they were saying that his uh, heart was beating, uh, or was he breathing unaided? Uh, oh, even yeah. that was just was just a a major positive from what happened because yeah, that's just maybe it's how fit he was. Maybe that's what kept him going. Because you think he's running around the pitch and he's going to be out of breath just naturally, and then for that to happen, for him to stop breathing, his his body, his muscles, obviously his brain as well, is going to be crying out for oxygen, and they, they say you can go what ten minutes without uh, without breathing, but if your body's crying out for oxygen after running about, it must be less than that. So it's yeah, it's amazing. Aye, it's the fact your brain starved the oxygen for that time as well, and the knock-on effects for that. And I, 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 I don't mind saying I was I was playing. I played football at lunchtime a day, and as I don't mind saying it's at the back of your mind. You know, I'm yeah. running about there. I'm not particularly fit, and I drink far too much. My diet's not great, and I think you know I'm running about here for an hour and a on a Monday lunchtime. And there's these are guys that are professional athletes and who train and who look after themselves. And you know, you read about it in the papers as well. It's not really that uncommon these days. So. Yeah. I had to take my foot off the gas today. That's how we were. We were ten 0 down at one point. It's <laughs> the first. It's, I think it's a, in, in in maybe twenty odd years of playing football. It's the first time I've ever been ten 0 down. Ten goals without any reply. And uh, oh dearie me, I was uh, I was nearly limping uh, off. One thing that I thought was was a bit a bit out of order today. I seen the the Sun, in the front oh. page had Liam Kelly basically well obviously distraught. But I don't think there was any need for the picture there. And no. inside the paper as well, there was a picture of him being held up by, I think it was a steward and maybe another player. And it's just, it's, it's too personal. It doesn't belong in the paper. There was a picture of the stretcher. I don't think his dad was yet on it, but I, I just thought it was it was inappropriate. And I don't want to be looking at that in the morning. No, I don't. It's, it's, it's private. It's personal. It's not for me. It's just tasteless rubbish for that gutter rag again. Yeah. I would be delighted if his son went to bust one day. Just yeah. get shut down. It's a, it's a rag and I hate it. I mean, the fact that, that they're even... rubbish that puts you off it. The fact that we're even allowed to continue after all the Hillsborough nonsense all those years ago, the fact that still, you know, people buying that newspaper and their, their droves is just, it's a bit depressing, to be honest. It's time it was... Uh... It was taken to task and uh, removed for the new shelves. Because you're right, that the picture on the front, the front page out today was just <sighs> completely unnecessary. Yeah. 
to be honest, I've seen enough out of the game myself. I mean, I, I was one of the few Celtic fans that stayed behind to watch Kawhi get their trophy. And I was obviously standing watching what was going on at the top of the, the stairs and my wife was next to me and she was watching what was going on at the bottom of the stairs and she said, somebody down there is getting CPR. And sure enough, it was. I, I didn't know at the time who it was, but by the time I got back to the car, Sports Sounder basically saying, uh, well, we'd love to stay and uh, talk about the celebrations here, but after events, I think we're going to cut it short. What on earth's happened? Yeah. I was straight on the Twitter to find out, and uh, obviously I heard it was Liam, Kelly, Liam Kelly's father. So, I, I, I mean, I, I, maybe the, the one small sort of comfort that the family's going to think about in the years to come is that, I mean, for everybody dies somewhere along the line. I mean, he's managed to go and see his son basically become a hero to the, the Kilmarnock people. And that's it. There's, he would have been bursting with pride. He'd be bursting with pride, yeah. pride That's yeah, the best way to look at it. And it's not going to be any comfort whatsoever at the moment, but yeah, yeah I, I, somewhere along the line he'll be thinking, at least my father died a happy man. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't think there would have been a, a happier man in that, in that stadium. Yeah. So, uh, looking at the, the predictions for the, the game itself, the game finished 1-0 to Kamarnock, obviously. Uh, Chris, you went for a 3-1 victory to Celtic. Greg, you went 4-0 Celtic. And I went for a 1-0 victory to Kamarnock. So, <laughs> what, what, uh, what odds did you get on that? Did you get good odds at the bookies on that one? Aye, aye. I, I was actually <laughs> sorely tempted to put it on the bookies, but <laughs> foolishly I didn't. And after, if I hadn't been at the game and I'd been hearing things like, oh, Kilmarnock are 14-1 or 16-1 during the game, I'd, I'd have some of that. Because just the way the game was going was ridiculous. Yeah. I can't believe it's that high. I think it was maybe 15 minutes to go and somebody on the forum mentioned it was uh, they'd just been reduced from 16-1 to 1 to 14, but then the guy got a bet on it. So I, I can't remember the guy's name. That's, that's bad, I mean, not remembering. But aye, he had money on the 14-1. So well, aye, congratulations to Kilmarnock. Look, that's the, the first League one Cup win. That makes them the, the ninth team in Scotland to have all three trophies on the sideboard at some point in their history now. That's it. Mike, was it Michael Johnson was in the, on the news uh, earlier this evening saying that that's their, their treble in the bag? Yep. I, I did see an interesting stat. That the, the other eight teams are obviously Celtic, Rangers, Dundee, Dundee United, Aberdeen, Mullerwell, Hearts and Hibs. And only Dundee have also won the Challenge Cup. <laughs> <laughs> so they're leading the way then. Yep. <laughs> oh dear. Um, I, th- I, th- I, just, I just thought it was good that, I mean, I know I've, I've, I've kind of banged on in this podcast a million times about how Celtic appear to be unstoppable and I was I was made eat my words a wee bit on Sunday as well, but I just think it's really positive for um, for the game and for this season, the fact that Kamarnock have gone and done that because it's, I think it gives all the teams that are now left in the Scottish Cup that wee bit of hope as well to say, well, do you know what? If if you get if you get Celtic on the right day and you play well, then you know that they're not they're not indestructible. They're maybe beatable. So hopefully it might it might spur some of these other sides on um, as well to make a bit more of a fist of it in the cup than they've been already. Yeah. The only the only downside for the game for me was. Um, Somebody was telling me that Kamarnock took less supporters to the final than they did to the semi-final against Ayr, which I think's... I mean, OK, it's Celtic, but I think that's, that's a pretty poor show. Yeah, yeah I, I was thinking that at the time. when I, Obviously, I was like, standing there watching the presentation and looking around at this three-quarter empty stadium. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Yeah. So, I thought we'd move on and look at the, the Paul Band charity bet from last week. He had went for... 
Brecon to beat Albion Rovers. They won 2-1. He went for Cowdenbeath to beat Stennis Muir. That finished 0-0. Easterling, eh, Elgin to beat Easterling. That finished 2 each. And Alloa to beat Peterhead, which finished 1-0. So, 2 out of 2 there. And... How many selections has he got this week? Three, is it? Not done three selections. He's just got to keep going down until we get one right. We've got, we've got four selections this week. We've got Aloha to beat Queens Park. That's fair enough. I think Aloha, Aloha are cruising the, the third division. Got Stranraer to to beat Easterland. Yeah. I'm not sure he's thinking in this, but for me that'd be because Easterland are rubbish. He's got Stenhouse Muir to beat Albion Rovers. Again, he's, he's picking on Alvin Rovers. And then he's got Aberdeen to beat Inverness. That's, that's a, brave. That is a brave prediction. <laughs> Aberdeen are at home, so... Aye, but, I mean, Aberdeen do draw a lot of games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's that, this week's Fall Band Charity Bet. I'll be putting £5 on that. And, well, hopefully we can get something back. But, but who knows? I think history tells us we won't. But we'll at least be hopeful. <laughs> at least a little bit of hope. So this, this week we've got a Scottish Cup replay between St Mirren and Hearts. That takes place on Wednesday. So I thought I'd get some predictions. And this, the, the game itself is on Sky Sports 2. I'm going to go first. And I thought that, I mentioned it before, that I think that, that Hearts will, will win this game. I think that they're going to they're gonna win 2-0. I'm going to put a score on that, 2-0. Greg, what are you thinking? <laughs> It's a difficult one, this, because, I mean, St Mirren were well beaten at the weekend, they were rotten. Uh, Hearts had a reasonable result against Hibs, but to be honest, I don't think Hearts played that well um, at the weekend either, but I've got, I've got a feeling I've got a feeling they'll do enough to edge past St Mirren, but it might, it might take extra time, so I'm going to go uh, go one nil in extra time, Hearts. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking kind of similar lines, I'm thinking maybe 2-1 after extra time at Hearts. Right. Maybe one each at half at full time, so. So then, moving on to the SPL, and got a busy day on Saturday, all three o'clock kickoffs. We've got Aberdeen against Inverness. I'm going to stick with the Paul Ban charity bet, and I'm going to go for a, a home win in this. I'm going to go two 0 Aberdeen. I'm going to take. I'm going to go nothing each. I think I, I think Aberdeen are, are are reasonably good at the back, but they're not really creating much. In the way of chances, and I think Inverness as well. If if if, if they have an off day, they're not going to do much either. So, uh, uh, nothing each for me. Yeah, again, I can understand the, the reasoning with that one. I don't think either team have got much to play for anymore. I, I, it's still mathematically possible for Aberdeen to make the top six, but it's starting to slip away. There's no much chance of relegation for them or Inverness. Maybe Aberdeen to edge at one 0 You've got to go with a Paul Band charity bet. Get full weight behind it, Chris. <laughs> all right, all right. I, I'm fully behind my one now, Aberdeen. <laughs> aye. aye, Greg's just letting everyone down. <laughs> well, listen, look, Paul Band's uh, current form dictates that it's going to be anything other than, a, than an Aberdeen one. It's a ball with Alan, it screws up. <laughs> yeah. Right, so, the next game up is Dunfermline against St Mirren. I think this is a, an away banker here. I'm going to go for a 2 0 victory to St Mirren. Dear, um, don't have a don't have a new manager at the moment, do they? Nah, they're in Probably. talks, but nothing's come through yet. No. Nope. Jim Jeffries has yeah. has been touted, hasn't he? Yeah. Aye. 
I just wonder if they can get him in post before the weekend. Because I, I, I'm just, I've got a funny feeling that with Jeffrey's been, if he does go to Dunfermline, I think there'll be one or two people at Hibs absolutely quaking in their boots. Because I, I, I wouldn't put it past Jeffrey's to, um, to keep Dunfermline up. So I'm going to gamble a wee bit in this one, and I'm going to go home win oh. to one to one to fair one. Oh wait a minute! The first, hey, first one this season is it? It will be aye. First home win. That's bold. I I was originally thinking it was going to be an arrow one nil win for St Mirren, but now I'm changing my mind because I think you're right. I think the fair one. If they can get Jim Jeffries in place, that could rally them, and they could get their first home win in the season. So yeah, I'll go with that two one. Interesting predictions. Right. But yeah, you... Did anybody else think it was odd that uh, Jim McIntyre got sacked on a Friday? <laughs> what changed between the weekend previous and right. that Friday that would make them get rid of him? I, I think it was just odd. Just overall getting rid of him. I'm not sure what what they, they're wanting at the firm and they're, they're not really they're not spending the cash, so what, what do they really expect? They're really stuck with what they've got, and I don't know. I just I think they're expecting a bit too much. Yeah, I don't like the guy that's in charge of the. Is it Yorkson that's that's in charge of the firm? Oh, no, I can't stand that guy. It's right on my wick, and it, it strikes of. I guess it's a last throw of the dice to try and um, to try and keep the Aye. side up. But I agree with you. I, I think it's a shame that somebody like McIntyre, who okay, he's not done he's not done much with them firmly this season, but. It's another it's young Scott. Exactly, it's another young Scottish manager. And you kinda need to back these guys a wee bit as well, and it depresses me that they're just he was going to be turned to the scrap peep and here we go again. Here's a flaming a Jim Jeffries or a, a Jimmy Calderwood or an Alex Smith or one of these old fuds getting trotted out again <laughs> for for, uh, for one of these lower league sides. So it's a it's a, it's a difficult one because as much as as much as I'd quite like to see Hibs get in, with the same token, I don't. I've got no time for for the Dunfermline board, so I, it's an odd decision for me as well. I, and the Friday thing's weird. That's that's just a weird one. The day before a game, God, it's strange. They're not doing too badly on points. They've got 19 points, but I'm looking back to to previous seasons, and well, Hamilton finished with 26 points. Yeah. Uh, I think Livingston finished with 18. I think Gretna have got a record with 13, but then they did have 10 deducted, I think, for uh, going into administration. So that's oh, possibly right. technically 23 that they want the earned. Right, yeah, yeah. Right, so they're not doing too badly if you look historically. Well, you'd, well I would imagine they're going to get more points after the split because that generally the, the, the teams fighting relegation are the teams that pick up the wins in those last five games of the season. Yeah, mm. especially so. when you've got the, the teams that are fighting for nothing. Pretty much, right. they're, they're just yeah. kind of stuck there, mid-table, floating about, nothing much to fight for. So the next... just imagine if Jim Jeffries actually managed to pull it round though and got to have his relegated, he'd be another hero at Hearts again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that'd be devastating for a, a team like uh, a team like Hibs, uh, aye, with their brand new stand. I remember they built a fill it. They keep bragging about the fact when they went down in the, the yeah, first season right. of the SPL, they were in the the first division for a season, they came straight back up, but they had higher attendances than they've had ever since they came back. That's right, that's yeah. right, they did, they did bumper crowds in the, in the first. So next game up is Hibs against Dundee United, 
I think that Dundee United are, are really hitting a rich vein of form, so I think they're going to come away with a victory here. Not just because they're good, but because Hibs are bad. I'm going to go for another 2-0. I'm going to see if I can keep these 2-0s going. That's four so far. It's <laughs> <laughs> good logic. You might as well go with that, because uh, nothing else is working. I, I agree with you. I think it's 2-0. I think Dundee United are got their tails up. They're chasing that third spot. Uh, aye, big John Daly, a double for me, my favourite player, 2-0, Dundee United. What are you thinking, Chris? I don't know, I'm tempted to say 2-0 <laughs> just to match you guys, but I think I'm going to, just to be slightly different, I'm going to say 3-1, Dundee United. 3-1. <laughs> Same margin. <laughs> uh, next game up is Kelly against Motherwell. Well, it's pretty obvious Kelly are going to be flying high after the, the weekend, after the, their famous cup victory. But Motherwell, uh, maybe I've got a wee bit of uh, hmm, self-interest in this. I think I'm going to go for a, a Motherwell victory. Okay. <laughs> 2-0. 2-0, Motherwell. I, I think we'll win. I think just with, with Kermarnock winning the cup, there might be a wee bit of hangover. Uh, from that, and they've been a bit up and down this season as well. They've, they've not they've not been uh, as consistent, I think, as they would like to have been. Some, but they're all looking alright just now. <sighs> I don't want to put the kibosh on it, but uh, I'll go three one, three one Motherwell. Well, this is the game that's going to put the kibosh in a title party at Ibrox, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Anything Motherwell drop and Celtic can win the league at Ibrox the following day. And it's not going to happen. But Motherwell are going to win this game. Kelly's season ended on Sunday. They've got nothing to play for now. They're not going to make top six. They're yep. not going to get relegated. They've got a trophy in the sideboard. They can just coast the rest of this season now. Yeah. Now, yep. that, that might free them. That, we might get a decent game at them now because they've got nothing to worry about. They're just uh, maybe. going to enjoy yeah. their football. But having said that, I still think Motherwell are chasing too much at the moment to do anything other than win this game. So, yeah, 2-0. Next game up is St. Johnson against Hearts. I think I'm going to go for a, a home victory here. I think that St. Johnson are, are going to be too good for Hearts. I think I'm going to go... I'm not going to bother with the, the 2-0 anymore. I'm going to change that and I'm going to go for 2-1. I think the Hearts will score and I think it'll be beaty. Ah, you could be right. I think Hearts will go on the score sheet. But I think St. Johnson as well. Just looking at the way they played on Saturday and the number of chances they created... Um, I, th- I think they'll I, I think they'll score some goals. I'm going to take them. I'm going to take them to edge it. Two one, two one St Johnson. Nah, I'm thinking one 0 St Johnson. That, that, this is the game that Hearts kind of won in the cup just with that last second penalty. They made it one each, and then they won an extra time. I think I don't see there being much difference to be honest. I know they've beat Ian, uh, but I think a midweek cup game as well. And St Johnston have got the rest of the week off. I think St Johnston will edge it and maybe 1 0 just. Right. So moving on to Sunday and uh, the 12 o'clock kickoff is Rangers against Celtic. The the big game, the big game that I'm not looking forward to at all. I think that I, I always go into these games always confident. It doesn't matter what the league's looking like, I'm always confident. I think Rangers can, can do anything, especially at home. But in this one, no, my confidence is gone. I think it's going to be a Celtic victory. Oh, I, I just don't know. I think that the Rangers will score, but this Celtic, I think it's going to be 
Two one, maybe three one. I'll, I'll go with two one. I'm going to go two one Celtic. I, I really hope it isn't, but I just yeah, I fear for Rangers. They're going to have Goen and Bocanegra back, but I still think that they're just they're just light. Really, they don't have they don't have any plan B anymore. And, and Celtic, they've got players to come in that they aren't aren't yet performing. They've got Commons as a giri. Uh, potentially they come in and. and and do something. Rangers don't have that. Yeah, two one. It's hard. It's hard to predict anything other than a, than a Celtic victory in this one. And I, I mean, depending how, I think a lot will depend on how the Motherwell game goes on the Saturday. If Celtic, Celtic need to win that to win the league. I, I just can't see them doing anything other than that. But you know, sometimes these these fixtures just throw up the odd, the odd strange result here and there. But I, I I'm, I'm not confident enough to go for a Rangers win either so I'm kind of hoping it's a nothing each because I think that's probably the best result in terms of the game passing off without too many people ending up um, splattered all over the streets so I, I'm, I'll go nothing each can't see it but I'm, I'm hoping it's a nothing each I'm looking for a reaction because they just weren't at the races on Sunday in the League Cup final and the treble's gone the league's going to be sewn up at some point how quickly it's sewn up We'll need to wait and see. Whether it'll be Sunday, I don't think so, because I think Mother will win. Can Celtic end Rangers title challenge or the go? Maybe. It's going to be... I think it's going to be tight. I mean, I, I know like, there'll be Rangers youngsters in there that want to prove what they can do. I think Goya and Bocanegra in a turn will probably help. Well, yep. Bocanegra in a turn will help. I don't know about Goya he seems to be a liability any time I see him. Uh, lately, so, yeah, in the first half of the season he was really good. But yeah. I'll be delighted if he plays, especially if he plays. I've seen anytime I've seen him. The problem I've got with it is we've got quite a few players that are only quite clicking at the moment. I mean, Gary Hooper hasn't really been that great in the last few games. You mentioned Chris Commons and he still hasn't scored this season. Whether we'll play Samaras, whether we'll play Stokes, whether we'll play Hooper, depends what Lennon picks. Oh, you've got to play Samaras. He always causes problems. I'd like to think so. Um, well, um, there's another issue with Hooper maybe picking up a knock on Sunday. Uh, uh, James Forrest might have done the same, so I think we can see a couple of changes coming in. I don't know what we'll play at the back, because Rogner also went off, possibly by a knock. If we're missing him, that could be a big loss, because I don't think we've got that much in the way of defence. Been, uh, Kelvin Wilson certainly that like, he wasn't that great on Sunday and his last hideous game was against Rangers at Ibrox alright there's no Naismith this time but still enough in the, the Rangers tank that they could punish us if we do start making mistakes oh, I really don't know I hate predicting these games <laughs> and I hate the fact you two are so confident Celtic are going to win because I don't like going at these games as a, the, the favourite and I think everyone's making us a favourite, not just you guys. But... Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Oh, right, I'm going to go with my heart. I'm going to say 2 1 Celtic. 2 1. That's just my heart, my head doesn't know. <laughs> I think it's going to be, I think I'll be, I'll be going to the pub probably to watch this one, but I think I will be saying to the wife, right, I'm going out to watch a game, I will be back for 3 o'clock. Because <laughs> once the game's finished, that's it. Uh, I do I do suspect Celtic will win and there'll be celebrations and I might just slink out, slink out the door and home. Oh, I don't doubt that the, the Celtic fans will be celebrating if they win, even if Motherwell have won the day before. 
Because yeah. we we all know that's Rangers not able to win yeah. the league. I mean, Motherwell and, never never going to win the league. So no, I, I mean I, even gone. even if Motherwell win, it gets I think it gets uh, they can hit eighty five points, and then Celtic will be on eighty five points if they beat Rangers. So it would come down to goal difference, and I don't know what the goal difference that's, is exactly. That it's massive, I think. Aye. Massive. Yeah, it would. It would, however, be really funny if it goes this way and Celtic win on Sunday and Motherwell win the week before, because then the next game is Motherwell playing Rangers, and it would be almost hilarious to see Rangers having to cry scoring those goals that won Celtic the league. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, actually. I've been interested to see what's that side to put. <laughs> Because I mean, they wouldn't even be able to just go, oh no, we'll not give Celtic the league, we'll just let Willow win and fall six points behind. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that, yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> well, let's face it, we've won the league that many times for Rangers, they're due as a favour after all these years. So I thought I'd, I thought I'd mention uh, an anniversary coming up, coming up this week, and it's on Thursday. And it's the Scottish Football Forum's third birthday. No, three years, no. Three years. That's it. <laughs> three no years of tears. Aye. No singing happy birthday. That's it. Aye, oh, aye, there's a party round at my house and these are all invited. Is there jelly and ice cream? No, no, there isn't. Is there no. pass a parcel? Is there a conga? Uh, there is a conga, yep. It's pass a parcel, but no jelly and ice cream. But yeah, aye, you can, as long as you bring a present, like a, maybe a bottle of whiskey, maybe a single malt, aye, you can, you can come along. Well, I'm not going to be bringing a treble, <laughs> Aye, so if you're, if you're not a member of the forum, get involved at forums.scottishfootballforums.co.uk and unsurprisingly, it's free to join. I'm, I'm not greedy. I won't charge you, well, I will charge you a, a bottle of single malt if you want to come to the party, but if you want to just get on the forum, that's free. So thanks again for coming on the forum, uh, coming on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was all going so well there. It was. Edit. That was nearly a, a podcast without any edits required. <laughs> no, I, I don't do any edits other than the magic button, and the magic button can't take out mistakes. <laughs> can only take out pauses. That's it. Aye, but thanks for coming on, guys. No bother. And we'll see you next no, it's week. Been good. I mean, I was, I was disappointed after Sunday, but it's, this has been kind of good therapy. Oh, I've, I'm dreading what's going to happen next week. Well, one of us is going to be miserable. That, that's it. Yeah. Well, maybe all three. <laughs> Greg's a wee closet Rangers fan. <laughs> right, cheers, guys. Eh? Cheers. cheers. Bye. <laughs>